Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Not only that, but welcome to October on the Peas. This is the first of our horror, kind of spooky-themed episodes. So I had to get these two guys to join me because, like I said, we're starting our spooky October-themed episodes here. The first for 2020. So I had to get my dudes, Brian Loisos and Justin from the Epic Film Guys, to come over and join me. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. How are we doing this evening? I'm so scared. I'm scared as a motherfucker. I'm shaking. Ooh. I have my pumpkin candle on. Yeah. Lo- Loisos, he's got a blanket around me, and uh, I-, I don't even know what to do here. I'm-, I'm so frightened by this subject matter. I don't know how I'm going to contain myself, Gerald. Seriously. You'll be fine. This is your wheelhouse. It's too spooky. It's too spooky. It's your wheelhouse. So you guys are in the same room together. We should tell everyone. You're literally sitting right next to each other. Loisos, get your hand off my leg. Which, I've told you a million times, please stop that. Oh, that was your leg? Sorry. Which is a mm-hmm. bummer for me because I'm a, you know, a couple hundred miles away, so that kind of stinks. I can't be there with you dudes. Gerald, come here. Please. Well, <laughs> all right, so hold, keep the recording going. I'm going to hop in my car. I'll be there in like four hours. Okay, <laughs> see, you, see you in a few. <laughs> we wish we were all together. How amazing would that be? Yeah, Seriously, it would that be would awesome. be a blessing, my friend. It would be awesome. One of these days when COVID has gone away, you know? can't wait for that but well okay so we do a top five show here everybody knows that especially if they're tuning in here and it's october i love horror i love the spooky season i got my i got my pumpkin candles lit i got my pumpkin nitro beer here and i know you guys do too so the first horror horror would you say that you're a horror guy it's been said uh i don't know that i say it as often as people like to say i do Mm. I say it frequently, you're uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, kind of a thing now. It's a thing. I'm a horror guy. Embrace it. I'm a horror guy. So Live it, my friend. Live it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So what I thought would be cool, this was a patron-selected topic that was pitched to me back in April. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to wait till October. So it's kind of been brewing. I've been actually talking to Justin about it for quite a while. And I found out Lois Sauce is going to be hanging out. I'm like, come on, dude, let's do it. So what are we counting down, fellas? Tell the listeners what we're counting down tonight. Top five female characters in horror movies. That is it. <laughs> so we're doing our top five women of horror tonight. And it's, uh, I guess, the only really parameters, guys, that I just want to tell everybody is that we're going to do women characters in horror films not the actresses, you know, so we could very easily name several actresses that have great horror resumes, and we can talk about them throughout the evening. I'm sure they'll come up, actually, in some of our picks, but what I well, thought... Some of the, Go ahead, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, the characters can often be improved or supplemented by the performances themselves. Absolutely, man. So we'll talk about performances, but this is decidedly not top horror performances by women. No, no. Gotcha. It's just yep. our favorite characters that happen to be female uh, from horror films. Uh, Wonderful. And you actually asked me yesterday, Loisaw, so I just want to ask you two dudes before we jump into the list. You know, you, you had an interesting question for me yesterday. You said, you know, can they be heroes or villains? And I said, absolutely, if they're your, if they're your favorite. I mean, I just picked my five favorite. 
So when you guys were coming up with your list, I'll start with you, Loy Sauce. I mean, how was the research for you? Did it come to you really easily or did you have to kind of fish around a little bit? Well, you know me. I hate doing top five lists, which is why I love being on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No, I always have a lot of fun because it's a challenge for me. Um, When crafting my my list, excuse me, I really did not try to go for the obvious picks which we might see in uh, perhaps, I don't know what ju- what's on Justin's list. The obvious picks, the, the main icons mm-hmm. that we think of when we think of women in horror films, I tried to go a little bit off the beaten path oh, okay. and maybe a little bit more underrated or maybe in a couple more recent. Justin, you, know, you and me often, try, or I should say I often try to avoid crossover with you because our sensibilities are so similar. So when you were coming well, up, when you were coming up with your I mean, list like, five honestly, minutes ago, I, just, I, I mean, what did you? I just well, <laughs> five minutes ago because I always really prep like last minute, honestly, for a list like this. But I always have something in mind for the long term. You mentioned it yourself. We talked about doing this months ago, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's always something that sh- sticks with me in the long term. So movies that have these characters that really will never fade in my view. So just very memorable characters that you'll never forget and that will live on in the horror realm. Mm-hmm. It's just just like male characters or, you know, uh, villains in the horror realm. It's just characters that are super memorable and that, you know, are legendary for a reason. Well, I love it, dudes. Uh, you guys know I'm big fans of yours and uh, you're, you're dear, dear friends of mine as well. So I, I couldn't think of a better duo to be with me to kick off October on the Peas this year. So I'm looking forward to it. So thank you guys so much for coming back on the P's to do this. And we're going to count down our thank top you. five women of horror. begin should we say spoilers for people who have not seen these movies yeah i guess so um i mean i know you kind of blindsided me a little bit by saying you had some recent ones on there which is cool i'm really excited to hear what you what you have there but i guess so especially if they're within the last few years so yeah there will be spoilers on this episode um which is pretty much the case with all of my episodes if it's a movie you haven't seen then please skip it or come back to it later when you have an opportunity to catch the film but yes, thank you, Lori. You should Sauce. see all the films we're talking about. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, well, who wants to get us started? Lori Sauce, you want to kick us off, man? Friday the 13th is a series that offers us a lot of... <laughs> thank you for that. Yes, uh, a lot of iconic women characters. But my number five is not Alice. It's not Ginny. It's not even Mrs. Voorhees. Mm. My number five is Megan Garris from Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. What? <laughs> Seriously? Dude. Wow. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a, a huge group of Friday the 13th fans that are going to lay down at your feet and lick them and kiss them and suck your toes mm. because they're going to love you so much for this. She gets no love at all. So None. I can't believe this is on your list. See, I watched part six recently because my boyfriends have not seen any of the friday the 13th movies or they had not until recently and so i got to watch it again it was their first time but 
I was just so blown away by this character all over again. She is such a girl boss. Mm -hmm. She has the right amount of spunk and sass. And right away, she believes Tommy Jarvis 100% that Jason Voorhees has returned to Camp Crystal Lake, uh, most likely because she probably wants to jump his bones. She definitely does. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, Mm -hmm. I mean, she has that spunk, like you said, perfectly. That 1940s classic film noir spunk. She has it in spades. So I'm so glad to hear her get some representation in a a list like this because she's usually lost in the mix when it comes to Friday the 13th movies. But she's one of my personal favorites of the series, definitely. Well, Justin, you know know this is my favorite film in the franchise. I know it is, Uh, but you're still wrong about... (laughs) You know, where you list the movies, but you're, I mean, it's my number two, okay? Let's right. make it clear. It's my number two. The final chapter is my number one. Jason loses my number two, but she's amazing yeah. in the movie. Great so, Roy Sauce, yeah. hats off to you for this, man. Thank you. I mean, she's resourceful. She comes up with the plan to get Tommy out of jail by distracting the guard with a steamy makeout sesh. Ooh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she can drive a car like no one's business. Oh, yeah. Fast and the Furious style, man. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, she gets stopped by the cops and her father, uh, the sheriff. And Tommy's in the car. He's like, please don't do anything crazy. <laughs> and then she pushes Tommy's face right into her crotch. And she burns some rubber exactly like she's in a Fast and Furious movie. Hell, yeah. Um, and then in the end, like, she goes back to Crystal Lake and she protects the campers and she almost becomes like a motherly figure to them at the end. And there's an immensely charming performance by Jennifer Cook. I love, love, love this character. And she does not get enough love, which is why she's my number five. And also, awesome, she lives, dude. Yeah, yeah. final she girls. Lives. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, man. Jason lives and so does Megan. Hell yeah. Let him out of there, Rick. Megan, don't clown around. I'm not the one with the funny red nose. Now open the cell and let him out. Maggie. I'm not kidding. You better do as she says. Because wherever the red dot goes, you bang. Dude, I, I, much like Justin, I echo what he said. I'm, I'm thrilled that, that this got to mention. I, I, I feel horrible that I really didn't think about her because I love her too. And this is my favorite film in that franchise, as I said. So arguably, she's one of my favorite girls, if not my favorite girl from the Friday the 13th series. I would have to really think about it. But I mean, Mrs. Voorhees kind of jumps out to me a little bit too, just because that was such an iconic kind of twist at the end of the original. And you uh, understand Mrs. Right. Voorhees. You understand her motivation. Right. Absolutely. Such a, uh, a like rooted in reality kind of motivation too. Absolutely. Yeah. But hey, great pick. Megan Garris, awesome getting us started there. A little bit of a curveball, but I love it. Much like... Uh, <laughs> that's how I do it. That's how you do it, baby. <laughs> All right, Justin. Surprises on this bitch. Yeah, and yeah. Go for it, man. I'm I'm gonna throw this here. Um, a movie that's been talked about in the horror community over and over and over again. But um, you can't talk about horror. You can't talk about a final girl. And I have to thank Loisos for bringing this to my attention before we did this list and really bringing this like to the forefront. Marilyn Burns as Sally from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Um, that's my number five because this this occurred. This movie happened before the term Final Girl was even in existence. And this girl goes through extreme fucking hell. All she wants to do is have a great time, a great weekend with her family and her friends mm-hmm. uh, in a van. And, you know, this is the 70s, man. It was all about peace and love. And let's smoke a joint. You know, let's have a drink. Let's just hang out and, you know, look what happens to her. She is terrorized. She is brutalized. And she is fucking literally like at one point in the movie, she's molested. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the movie, she gets away. 
She's screaming. She's bloody. But you know what? She gets the last say in this matter. She gets so, the last laugh, yeah, literally. She, does, she literally yeah. does, as Leatherface is standing there, spinning around with his chainsaw. So for me, like, it was a hard decision for me to find a number five. I won't lie to you guys. Like, there's a lot of great characters in the horror realm, especially female characters. I mean, we all love them so much. And I, hearing Loisos just mention his top five, or excuse me, his number five, I maybe would have changed my mind, depending on what day it is. But Marilyn Burns as Sally mm-hmm. in Texas Chainsaw. Well, let me ask you dudes, while we're on the topic of, of Sally here, is this the first final girl is it is she the no kind of no birth of that no, trope definitely not definitely not there was there were there were final girls before her for sure um, but i mean the trope rotation. really became a thing after this i think though right i mean i'd like, say so yeah i would think so but like texas chainsaw was not influential to other horror films of the time in the way that another film or some other films okay that right. will show up on our <laughs> no list spoilers we'll, we'll, for we'll list. Happen later. all right well yeah but i mean Texas Chainsaw was a sleeper hit, but it was not a gigantic, you know, it wasn't a gargantuan hit by any means or anything like that. It was a small indie movie, made a lot of money, but it was not like a huge box office success or anything. And no one looked at that movie to try to copycat it or anything like that, like Mm -hmm. other movies that will show up on our list later. So, well, I'm kind of struggling with my number five, guys. I've I've changed my list. Come on, Gerald. I've changed my list. I've gone back. You're supposed to be prepared. I mean, I am. I just don't know what my five and don't know what my six is so what am i gonna say here all right well i'll tell you what we're talking about flip a coin flip a coin <laughs> I, might, I might as well honestly so we're talking about final girls right so i'm assuming in one way or another you guys would be mentioning this young lady this evening at some point maybe i'm sure she would come up in conversation if i didn't mention it but i'm gonna go ahead and mention it at my number five and it's nancy thompson portrayed by heather oh! Camp from a nightmare on elm street Way um, too low. Get the fuck out of here, Gerald. Yeah, Seriously, she's... do I need do I need to drive down there <laughs> right now? Well, uh, you know, she was my six. I'm going back and forth here, but she's gonna be my number five. So, I mean, this is the epitome of what would be considered the girl next door, Nancy, and just such an innocent kind of shy, timid character that really throughout the and I'm talking about in the original film, really throughout the duration of that original film comes to just turns into a badass before her eyes uh so much so to the point where she's diving in to fights with freddie and she's instigating it it just i mean i love this movie obviously as i'm sure you dudes do as well but wes craven is a master and he found something really special not only in robert england in the freddie role but in heather langenkamp too and and she has endured with fans and with this franchise and she really in my mind like i said she she just becomes the girl next door and just transforms into just badass heroine and really is the final girl i love her in dream warriors as well so yeah that's my number five i'm sorry if you guys think it's too low but i think you'll see when i go through my list i just had to be true to my kind of personal preference so that's my number five what do you guys think nancy is not on my list because she seems like well both of y'all better fuck off here's right now i knew that nancy was going to end up on one of your lists yeah. oh. so i didn't I oh just, so you wanted to be so original and so cool and hip. <laughs> i just want to talk about more movies that's cool i <laughs> that's do that fine. all no. the time with justin so i understand I, I i i get it but at the same time like well we'll talk about my list when we get there okay it's gonna fair. happen that's but i, I mean, love what i love I, about nancy is that all of her strength is internal like she battles with freddie but she defeats him by simply just not giving him the power mm-hmm. and saying, you're nothing, you're shit. Mm-hmm. 
That's so powerful. Imagine what the world would be like if that many women in the world would do that to all the douchebag dudes they were dating. The world would be a way better place, certainly. Yeah, we need certainly. more Nancy Thompsons out there, absolutely. All right, well, that's my number five, dudes. And Justin, I'm sorry. I still love you. You still love me. We're good. I'm going to take uh, a claw to your crotch, bro. You're, <laughs> you're going to get it. You're going to get four long knife fingers. Oh, in the bathtub, hopefully. Mm, kinky. Uh, okay, Loisos, you're up, man. What's your number four? So you had uh, Megan from uh, the best in the <laughs> Friday the 13th franchise. I can't read that from this far away. Stop hiding the screen. I can't see that. What's your Quiet four? Down. <laughs> My number four, I debated back and forth for a while about putting Wendy Torrance from The Shining on this list because I adore Shelley Duvall so, so much. Mm -hmm. That is certainly one of my favorite horror performances, but characters, I'm not so sure that Wendy Torrance would fall into that category. But then I thought about the sequel, Dr. Sleep, and the character of Rose the Hat. You've had such a hard-on for that movie lately, haven't you? It's a masterpiece. I just watched the director's cut, and I think it's... I, it's brilliant. This bitch is so evil that she feeds on the life essence of innocent children. And of course, uh, we all know how much I love to see small children suffer and die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've she heard. Easily yeah, deserves a place. If, if, if Nick were here, he would insert the sound clip, of course, of Loisos wanting to see uh, a kid get strangled, a kid wanting to get decapitated, <laughs> decapitated right? Yeah their head cut off and yeah all that kind of stuff there's a there's a difference between watching a child die in a fun funny way on screen but that doesn't happen in dr sleep though. no there's no fun to be had when that happens it's right? horrible yeah and it's terrible it's like grueling to watch when jacob tremblay makes a curious cameo it's like oh he's in this movie but anyway that's that kid from room yeah yeah that scene where she sucks the life out of him and he's screaming and suffering. Oh, and man. in the director's cut, you see blood splatter all over his face. It's really intense. <laughs> but yeah, she's the leader of this cult of demonic vampires, essentially called the True Knot. And so she's a master of manipulation, manipulating all these people and preying on those trusting enough to approach her. And like, could you blame any of her victims for approaching her? Because Rebecca Ferguson's unbelievably sexy. Well, she's gorgeous. She's amazingly beautiful. And also, also, she wears that really cool hat, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, mm -hmm. like her name is true to what she represents. I'm like, yeah, man. And the hat has stars in it. Like, she t tells children, look in my hat. You you'll know see damn stars. well if I was at a bar, I'd walk up to the, her immediately and be like, yo, you want a drink? Absolutely. And then, like, the, the way she portrays the character, she has this, like, aura of magnetism and mystique and menace. And that makes the character so instantly memorable. The climactic showdown, I think, where she face off, faces off, excuse me, against Danny and Abra at the Overlook Hotel, mm -hmm. truly epic. Like I said, I just rewatched the, the, the film recently, the director's cut for the first time, and I think it's masterful. And Rose stood out even more to me as one I, of the most I ruthless say, man, female villains in horror history. I have to say, you know, from our original review on the the epic film guys of that film it seems like you've dug way deeper into that especially with the director's cut i think i need to have a revisit very soon yeah i probably should as well yeah i, I did enjoy it but only saw it the one time in theaters so i need to revisit it as well all right so i think it hit me harder than maybe some people i found it immensely moving it's not even like a good movie i was like moved by the movie i gotcha okay well good pick man so uh, another you all these curveballs always saw so far Again, uh, I love it. It's what you do. It's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, what Justin. Do you, what do you got over there for your number four, man? 
I'm digging deep way back to the 70s, way before John Carpenter's Halloween was a thing, before you thought about a slasher film in American cinema the way you thought of it now, or in the 80s, or any other decade. I'm talking about Olivia Hussey as Jess Bradford in Black Christmas from 1974, Bob Clark's seminal slasher Canadian movie that rarely gets the... I mean, let's just make it clear. um, It never gets... (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't get the love it deserves. It doesn't. You're right. Now, I mean, there's there's a cult following now for it, but I mean, like, that character in general, just seeing what she goes through and the fact that she's pregnant in the film and she's dealing with her boyfriend and the phone calls, that harassment. I just love her performance so much in that movie and the character is just underappreciated. So for me, I have to dig deep into my back pocket to the movies that I give so much love to. And again, this is a performance that I healed as being a a golden performance when we shot showed the film at Alamo Drafthouse a few years ago uh, for the Christmas season. And you just can't discredit Black Christmas. Most people don't realize that it is the first North American film, I would say, mm-hmm. before Halloween. It's Canadian? To re- it's Canadian. Canadian yeah. Yes, because Bob Clark is com- Canadian, but... It's, it's, it's the movie that J- John Carpenter saw and was like, he met with Bob Clark and said, hey, I want to make a sequel to this. And little is known about that discussion, but he's admitted that he met with him, said he wanted to make a sequel to it. And that that discussion did not work out. And that's where Halloween happened uh, a year or so later. But I think we have to think about Jess in this movie because. This is the first movie where you see this kind of character get harassed on a constant basis, and she stays strong. She's going through so many different things, and yet at the end of the movie, she's still so powerful. She's beautiful. She goes to rescue her friends. Yeah, she goes to rescue her friends. I mean, like... When there's a killer in the house. Dude, seriously. (laughs) She knows the killer is in the house, too, dude. She knows he's there. For me, it's such a special movie. I watch it every single year, and so I got to give love to the 70s cinema 100% with Bob Clark's Black Christmas. So for me, got to go with uh, just Bradford. Yeah, love it, Black man. Christmas. Love it, man. Love Black Christmas. Love the pick. Good pick. Uh, so you went back, I believe that was 74, I think. 74. 74, yes, sir. Black Christmas. So I got you beat, man. I'm going back to 1973. A child, oh. a child performance by Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Ray, Reagan McNeil is my number four. So this is a performance, a very tortured, just uh, scary performance by a little girl. And knowing what she had to endure in you know, learning more about it in recent years and what this young girl went through to give us one of the most iconic pieces of performance art in, in movie history is just amazing to me. But this is a film that... You know, Justin, this came up the first year of my podcast when you and I got together and you you told me this was one of your quote unquote scary movies to watch in the dark. It's and, the scariest. And, and, it is the scariest. Yeah, I think it may 100%. have been your number one, actually. Yeah, it was my number one. Yes. But I mean, it just it gets me every time, man. And we're talking about 1973 here, guys. I mean, <laughs> you know, no matter when you watch it, no matter who you're watching it with, it will give you the chills. And a lot of that has to do with this character of Reagan and uh, what she's going through in the movie. And, you know, my father, it, it sticks with me, too, from a nostalgia standpoint, because I can remember my dad, uh, when he was kind of initially getting me into horror, which was probably when I was too young, but it was in that 10 to 12-year-old range, and he would talk to me a little bit about this movie, and he would let me watch different things, but he would not let me watch this. He would say, son, you cannot watch this. Trust me. 
and he saw it in the theater. So if it was in 73, he would have been 18 or 17 because he was born in 55. And he told me that he had to leave. He could not stay in the theater to watch the entire film because of how scary I mean, it was. Gerald, th- so, th- there's something so special about that film. And when I met William Peter Blatty and I, I met William Friedkin when they did the uh, special event at the Exorcist Steps in D.C., mm-hmm. um, I was just... I was literally on my hands and knees, like in front of them. They were like gods to me because they created something so special and something that will never be replicated. Like there's Mm -hmm. no possibility that any other film that has to do with demonic possession or religion or anything within that realm, it'll never be that impactful. Are you comfortable, Reagan? Yes. How old are you? Twelve. Is there someone inside you? Sometimes. Who is it? I don't know. Is it Captain Howdy? I don't know. If I ask him to tell me, will you let him answer? No. Why not? I'm afraid. If he talks to me, I think he'll leave you. Do you want him to leave you? Yes. I'm speaking to the person inside of Reagan now. If you are there, you too are hypnotized. I must answer all my questions. Come forward. Answer me now. Well, I want to hear what um, Saucy thinks of it as well. I, I can't recall, Brian, if I've heard you mention The Exorcist. You're a fan of this, obviously, yeah? It's one of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, Not yeah. just horror movies. Nice. It's mm-hmm. it's up there with the greatest it, of all yeah, time. Yeah, right. It transcends the genre, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we're 10-time Academy Award-nominated film, which, of course, we don't hear often enough when it comes to horror, obviously. Yeah, and Regan, Regan McNeil, she's like the epitome of innocence, and to have her be corrupted, and to have her, um, I mean, you see some of the things that she di- does. Dude, she's and possessed you see, in the deepest way possible. And you hear what she yeah. says, and it's so horrifying mm-hmm. to hear this demonic voice coming out of this girl. That's that raises the stakes because you already have this picture of innocence and to see it corrupted, you understand the threat and you want to see them, the exorcist and the priest succeed in the end. And unfortunately, this performance and the movie itself possessed Linda Blair's career for the rest of her acting career and actually almost destroyed it in a lot of ways. I mean, Uh, repossessed. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, she never be she was never able to actually you know, fulfill a proper acting career after that, like the first three years after the film. Yeah. Uh, that's a story all into itself. It and, really I mean, is, yeah. We did talk about that on the Epic Film Guys, uh, I think two years ago, uh, with Two Girls on a Bench. We actually dissected that movie, but it's it, it just <clears throat> such a huge story. And, I mean, her performance as a kid, Right. you have to just think about the parameters of what it was like to do that. Nothing like that had ever been done before. Mm-mm. So, such a great pick, man. I mean, like, I had There have look- been many that have attempted yeah. since then. Oh, absolutely. Like, no, one, no one will ever be... Again, it's never going to be able to happen again. And uh, we've had many child actors try to fulfill that kind of role, and it just will never be. You know, there's it'll a few. Never come close. There's a few that I think will stand the test of time, so to speak. But I think this one, there's nobody's ever going to reach 
the top of the mountain where when you when you think of the hardship she went through i mean right uh, especially she almost broke her back yeah she Mm -hmm. almost broke her back well she she kind of did she injured herself i mean we could go on about that forever and forever but seriously great pick great fucking pick gerald thanks guys all right so we're swinging back around we're up to our number threes loy sauce what do you got man Gerald, have you seen a film called Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight? Oh my god, you <laughs> went there. Holy shit. Dude, you are the curveball king tonight. Gerilyn, played by Jada Pinkett Smith. So, Gerilyn is a convict turned... I mean, she becomes a warrior by the end. Um, and she completely outsmarts the glowing green-eyed uh, hellspawn summoned by the Collector, Billy Zane's character. Gerilyn's really groundbreaking because she's one of the first and only examples of a black final yeah, girl. that's true. Mm-hmm. This is an archetype not typically portrayed by women of color. I mean, for a long time, women of color weren't even a thing in <laughs> most horror movies. Most and if they were, movies. they were killed off very quickly. Exactly. So, And indeed, the producers of the film wanted Cameron Diaz for the role initially, and thank God they went with Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, Ernest Dickerson, the director, convinced them to cast her in the role, and she's just an absolute badass. Um, Initially, she starts off the movie as just like one of the ensemble. She doesn't really stand out that much. Mm -hmm. But throughout the film, you see her step up, you see her take control. And by the end, she's the last one standing against this demonic force. Bro, she fucks some shit up in that movie. I know. (laughs) And I was, you and I watched this together for the first time for your first time right yeah and like i i remember when she comes out on top at the end the way that she does it made me like stand up and like cheer because it's so awesome and we were both shocked uh i think me especially at how like spooky and slimy and just like funny the movie was it's a real gem Mm -hmm. and if you haven't seen tales from the crypt presents demon knight highly recommend oh dude it, it, it needs to be revisited over and over again especially for the halloween season when this episode is going to land if you haven't seen it watch it if you did see it 10 years ago like i did when i rewatched it with the sauce for his first time i forgot how amazing this movie is i was like this is instantly a classic in my mind a lot of people don't realize that a lot of great horror stuff came out in the 90s and they just like sat on it and just didn't pay attention to it this movie is literally amazing from the you know, the special effects to the way it was shot, yeah. to the direction, to the characters in the movie. Dick Miller. Dick yes, Miller, Dick Miller's yeah. in this shit. Of course he's in this fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, Dick Miller. You I was going to mention so. Billy Zane as well. I haven't, oh, Billy seen Zane, this in yeah. for, I haven't seen this in forever. And by the so. way, if you meet Billy Zane on the street, he will still sign Demon Knight stuff any day of the week. He's super proud of it. So, nice. yes, nice. it's that good. Lois well, we Sauce, I'm digging it, man. I see what you're doing over there. You definitely are surprising us. But uh, Gerilyn's Look at three, him. so good pick, man. Look at him. Oh, he's so special. All right, Justin, what do you got, man, at your three? Well, you already trampled over it earlier. <laughs> what? Uh, way too low on your list, but, of course, it's Heather Leggenkamp at, you know, she's she's there. She's one of the top scream queens. Nancy Thompson for the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. You just can't beat her. I mean, what you said earlier was perfect to say. Um, I mean, what Wes Craven did with this character is gave us someone to root for. She was a true girl next door. She wasn't just a made-up girl next door. She was someone that you could really relate to. But no, what she does in the Nightmare series, I think, overall, especially her progression into Dream Warriors, and then even though she's playing herself in New Nightmare, she is brilliant in that movie, and I have to give her so much credit in that. 
this is what her career is, is the Nightmare series. And Wes saw something truly beautiful in her and she portrays it on screen to absolute perfection in the Nightmare series. I just, I, there's no final girl without Nancy Thompson for me. I'm such a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. And um, I think the first film really showcases her as an up and coming actor and, and what she presents to the audience as an everyday girl, an everyday person. Um, dude, she doesn't give a fuck about what she's wearing or how she looks mm-hmm. or what she's doing. Her main goal is to fight this demon that is haunting her dreams. And she does it. And she, at the end of the movie, regardless of the ending scene with, you know, the, you know, the fake, the fake mannequin puffy thing that goes through the window. I mean, you know, you got to deal with that and everything. But when she shows up in Dream Warriors, she's such a powerful character. And you feel as a fan how strong that character is when she shows up. And I just love it so much. It's about dealing, you know, with with past problems and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with things that we deal with in our past Fighting it at the forefront is such an important thing, especially right now in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And when you look back to, I, I think especially Dream Warriors, that character is so much more important in helping that group of kids come together as a family unit. And I can't say enough. I just love Nancy Thompson so much. One of the best Scream Queens of all time. Yep. yep. So for me, she's my number three. I agree, man. I didn't trample all over her, by the way. She's in my top five of all time. Boo! Okay. <laughs> Boo! Gerald, boo! Oh. No, no. I, just, I, just, I just have to give you crap because that's my job to do so. <laughs> I know, so, man. I know. I love it. Let, let's just give these listeners well, a taste of, of what's to come ooh, in the future. <laughs> Maniacal twirl of mustache. <laughs> um, okay, yes. so you're going to give me shit then, probably for my number three. But I need to... If, pref- it's, what I, if it's what I think it is, Gerald, no, Just hang seriously? tight. No, just hang tight. No, no, no. All right. Just, all don't right, get right. too fucking excited. Lloyd Sauce, you got him. Is he sitting down? Okay. So, we talked, you, actually, both of you dudes were with me when we discussed this before, Um, and we talked about the element of, is this a horror movie, uh, or is it something else, right? So, I'm specifically talking about uh, one film, because this is a franchise that's still going, if I'm being honest. I don't even know how many have been, uh, how many sequels have come out of this, but I'm talking about Alien from 1979, and of course, Sigourney Weaver portraying the uh, portraying the iconic Ripley in Alien. This is a film, guys. I'll let you comment on it, but real quick, I mean, this is a film. So you know, I'm sure this has come up for you guys before too, and you'll see you know different posts on social media and stuff of people asking this type of question. Where, like, what was the first horror movie you remember seeing? You know, what was the first scary movie you remember seeing when you were little? For me, it was Alien, and it was in a way when I should not have seen it. I was probably eight years old, guys, when I saw this, and my folks were watching it on VHS tape because they had rented it in the living room of my of my home, and I peeked in through my bedroom door. I woke up, in, you know, while they were watching it, and I peeked through, and I shit you not, the scene that I happened to peek through was the scene... When the with the chest burster with Kane, when the alien bursts out of his chest. Oh, it's so good. At eight years old, okay. So I so was, was was that the first time you saw a penis or? <laughs> yes, it was. Yes. So I think that 
I, I'm not even kidding. I think that that may have lent to my love of this genre is that moment in my life and seeing that when I really was not supposed to. And then coming back to it years later when my fear kind of subsided and I was able to enjoy it on a on an enjoy, you know, like an entertainment level. And Ripley is just an icon, man. I mean, she, you know, Sigourney Weaver is going to forever be that character and is just that badass heroine. Uh, you know, I know that the sequel, Aliens, which is great. Some people argue it's better than the original. I don't think so. I like the original better. But I know a lot of people prefer the sequel. But that, of course... I, I, cons- I consider them both equal, it, to, personally. To me, the sequel but. is a sci-fi action movie. I mean, there are elements of horror in it. It's scary. But the first one is a ghost story. I mean, it's a haunted it, it's a haunted ship, basically. In the, it's a slasher movie in space, exactly how it's pitched. It is, right. but... This is where I'll come to, you know, terms with what I feel about this is, which is why, hey guys, listen, anyone that knows me knows that I love Ripley. They know that I love the Alien franchise, particularly the first two movies, but I don't consider either of them straight horror films. So that's why you won't see Ripley on my list. But I understand why people list this character on these types of lists, um, because the first movie at its core is definitely like a slasher in space. It's Jaws in space. That was the idea. That was the concept. That's why the movie got made. Mm-hmm. But for me, the movie's definitely much more of a thriller slash science fiction movie. I get it. I- than a horror movie. But the horror elements are still there at the forefront, so I can't discredit it. It's not like Jaws, where I will flat out tell motherfuckers it's not a horror movie, and people will fight me to the death <laughs> on that shit. And I'll hey, I got a list of thing reasons why that's not a horror movie, but it's still scary. It's definitely what you said you know, it was. It is a haunted house movie on a spaceship. Yeah, I think. But I think for me, and I'm I'm not going to you know argue the point with you because I agree with you. But I think what it is for me is that when I think at the core, uh, you know, and Justin, like I said earlier, when you and I got together the first year of this podcast and we talked about movies to watch in the dark, you know, I tried to put movies on that list that really they scare me. You know, they they scare me regardless of where you're going to find them on the shelf in the video store. Not that video stores exist anymore, but if they did, Alien. But if they did, it, it, yeah, it, 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 it would. Me, it would be. You know? in, yeah, it'd be. It'd be in sci-fi. But let's let's make it clear. You're totally correct in your consensus here. It would be, and it is one of the most terrifying movies of all right. time. When I got the new 4K Ultra HD last year, yes, I'm going to bring it up because it's a beautiful transfer. <laughs> and if no one's bought it and they have the format. Gerald, you have the I format. Do. You have a 4K Ultra HD. I have it, yes. So if, if, so if, if motherfuckers <laughs> have that format and they don't haven't bought an Alien yet, it's one of the most beautiful catalog titles you could ever buy, along with Jaws and plenty of others. But Alien, particularly, there's details and things that you've never seen before. But when you watch it, when I showed my daughter, she was scared as shit. Yeah. And she's and, almost 17 years old. And there's such a brooding tension in that film, too. I mean, the first half of the half of the film, if you watch it back or when you watch it back, nothing happens. I mean, it's literally setting mood and creating atmosphere and creating an environment of dread. And that, Nothing happens? It was masterful. Masterful, in my opinion. So, uh, what, nothing happens. What, th- yeah, what do you think, Lloyd, of, of the alien pick there? Or Ripley pick? No one jacks off in the movie, Lloyd. <laughs> I, I was questioning your. You said that nothing happens in Alien. I, I quite disagree with well, that. Well, it's, it's slow to start. Yes, that's it's what a I roller meant. coaster for sure. Yeah, that's what I meant. But yeah, it, it takes its time to to go up the mountain, and it's then it's a slow burn. But once it gets going, it gets going. Oh, it's um. 
Ripley's iconic. No, I expected this to show up on your list, Gerald. Let's make this clear. I knew this, and I know what your next two picks are too. You do. You do. I do. I do. I know. And I'm sure both of you guys know mine too. But it's it's fine. That's this is all about having a great time with this. And I'm glad this made one of our lists because it it deserves to be on one of our lists. I mean, let's make it clear. Sigourney Weaver's career mm-hmm. is what it is because of the Alien franchise, and we all love her so much because of that. Yes, we love her because of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, but Alien and Aliens is what really made her career what it is, and for me, I just, I have that hard time, like, really differentiating science fiction thriller slash horror with straight horror, but yes, she's one of the most important female characters, I'd say, in all cinema of yeah. all time, yeah, for sure. regardless of genre, so I mean, thank you for putting that on your list, Absolutely, man, seriously. Man. Absolutely. So Ripley from Alien is my three, and we are up to our runner-ups, guys, so Loy Sauce, what do you got for us at number two, man? My number two, Mia Allen from 2013's Evil Dead. Oh my god. You know how much hate you're going to get for this? What? Why? She's metal as fuck. I love her though, but we know how much you love her though. Well, yes, but I'm also a huge fan of Fede Alvarez's vision of Evil Dead. I consider it one of the great remakes of all time, horror or otherwise. And what I love about Mia is that they didn't try to make her the Ash surrogate for this version, this new version. Uh, Bruce Campbell is so identified in the role of Ash Williams that they didn't even try to replace him. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the process, they came up with a character just as compelling Um, But in her own way, Mia starts out the film as a junkie trying to knock her addiction cold turkey until, oh, shit, she's possessed by a Kandarian demon. Oh, my God. (laughs) So um, and since she's the first of her group of friends to become a deadite, you don't expect her to be the sole survivor at the end. Uh, But she literally goes to hell and back and is willing to tear her own arm off. Uh, to not only beat her addiction, but to battle an onslaught of Evil Dead. Right. And it's a ferociously committed performance from Jane Levy, who pulls off like both the terrifying demon and mm. the badass final girl Can we girl just make roles. it clear real quick? You just have a thing for her. I do have a crush on her, but... We both do, though, right? That's great, Remember though. Don't Breathe? When you saw that? Absolutely. Oh, she's yeah, she's beautiful. Ooh, she's immensely talented. Yeah. Um, and by the end, she gets to wield a chainsaw and deliver the glorious one-liner, Feast on this, motherfucker. <laughs> I'd love to see how many of your listeners, Gerald, would like to see an Evil Dead movie with her returning. I would. Because oh. I want to. <laughs> I great. love the Evil Dead remake. Me and the sauce are two of the minority here, but there's a, a, a growing resurgence in people that actually liked it and that are starting to actually, you know, find it randomly and be like, wow, that's better than I remembered it. Or maybe this is better than I thought it was. It's so good. Yeah, I think a, it's I'm a fan. Great. I'm a fan of it as well. I just need to revisit it. But I would, what I recall about this, Lois Austin, as you were giving your dialogue, it kind of brought up the memories of it too. One of the things that I did love about it is I, I love the symbolism involved at her kind of defeating her own demons internally too overcoming her demons exactly and i love the level of symbolism uh built into that to her character and she was a badass man and i love that actress too jane levy right jane levy yeah Yeah. i mean like she's she's brilliant and everything she's Mm -hmm. done i mean she was i mean oh man they're talking about bringing back the franchise with her in it and like bruce campbell and sam were fully behind her and like and she was in like a ton of stuff recently she had her own series but it got canceled unfortunately no no it got renewed. The, oh, did it? Um, oh, okay. I heard it was in the playlist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, well, it's a good show. Uh, is it, my wife watches that on uh, NBC, right? My wife watches yeah. that. But, dude, yeah. she's brilliant and amazing in Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe is one of my favorite love movies. It, that it was one of my top five modern horror yep. films of the last 10 yeah, years. Baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. 
All right. She's so good in that. Uh, great pick. And uh, Lloyd Sauce's list. I, Justin, did you see all these picks coming from him? You didn't see these coming from Lloyd Sauce, did you? No, he, he hid them. Yeah. He, he's, he, he told me I was not allowed to see them. He's got, so. he's got some good um, some good left field picks. What's your number two, Justin? What's your runner-up, man? My number two is uh, an obvious one, but it's one that no one can disagree with. And if you do, then bend over now and we'll see what happens to you. Um, <laughs> seriously, Sydney Prescott, Nev Campbell. Ding, 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 we ding, just ding. had the announcement that she's returning to the Scream yeah. franchise for Scream 5. Sure, man. I mean, th- there's there's no better final girl. There's no better strong female character than Sydney Prescott. Well, there's one, I mean, but yeah, go ahead. Well, 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 you know what that is. But go if ahead. If you follow me, you know what it is. But I mean... I had to pick between the two, and honestly, for the 90s, Kevin Williamson wrote her to pure perfection. I mean, mm-hmm. her, she lost her mother, her mother was murdered, and and she's dealing with this doubt on what happened to her mom and really what the whole story is. She's got a boyfriend that she loves, but she's not really ready to have sexual interaction with him. Sorry, I'm like stuttering because I'm feeling like she would feel if she's at that age and, you know... It's a touchy subject. You don't really know what's going on. Then, of course, all these people in your school start dying. They start getting picked off one by one. And there's this mass killer that starts stalking you. And it was done in a way that we had never seen before within the genre. And thank God that Wes Craven cast Nev Campbell, someone so multidimensional that was able to handle... When you met her... This is a great story, and I have to bring this up because I met her, and I won't talk about my story about meeting her, but when you met her at your first horror convention, we were first in line to meet her, Loisos, and you were like the first person to meet her on, on her week, right? And uh, when she I walked wasn't in, the first, but I was Well, the first person the very- she talked to, and when, you wa- when she walked in that door, when you guys met eyes, and she talked to you, how amazing was that experience? It was incredible because... First horror convention, first person I met. Mm-hmm. And I told her, because Sydney Prescott, she's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you but told her is... she wasn't on your list. <laughs> no, no. But don't, she's... Don't, don't worry, I'll hit your balls later for that. No, no, she's a personal hero of mine. Sydney Prescott is. And it, by default, Nev Campbell is as well. I told her, because it was International Women's Day, I told her, happy International Women's Day. Because Sydney Prescott is an inspiration for people... It, combating trauma i mean i love the whole arc that she has throughout the series and even in scream 3 i love for all of my misgivings with that movie there are a lot of things dude she's helping people out that are having tons of problems absolutely you see her become a crisis hotline um Customer service representative or whatever the fuck you want to call her yeah absolutely um helping trauma victims deal with whatever they have and just listening to them and helping them through it. And I love that arc for the character, mm-hmm. even though Scream 3 sucks, Listen, but no, Scream everyone knows time, that Scream 3 is only great for Courtney Cox's bangs, but we yeah. all watch it for that reason. Scream and, 3 and, is, is a good time, man. It's it's the worst uh, movie. In, it's, it is. It's the worst it movie. Is. But I, have fun. I watch all four of them every year, soon to be five. Thank God for that news. But I watch the all only four reason of them every I watch, year. I love them. I mean, I, I the love only them. reason I watch Scream Three is because you can't 
watch Scream 4 without having it's no other... It's also because Daddy tells you to every year, and you'll get whooped if you don't. Anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you... Well, I'm going to let Justin finish, but I just... The character means a lot to me, and I wanted to tell her that. When I met her, I was like, you know... It, well, for me, at least, like, seeing... And I wanted you to tell that story, Lois Oss, because for me, standing next to you, and we waited for, like, an hour and a half for <laughs> it's you to a long meet her, time. and it was your first time meeting her, and, like, seeing your face, and seeing her face react to yours... And it just shows how important this character is to every one of us that loves horror movies. And how and, how influential she is for the horror genre and how influential Nev Campbell is to the horror community. And what was her response? What was her response to you, Loisos? Oh, she loved you. She was so great. <laughs> she I mean, I just remember her saying thank you and that meant a lot. And there's a great picture of me telling her that Justin took it while I was I've got mine. lots of pictures mm-hmm. of you meeting and her. And she yeah. she's like looking up at me and smiling and oh, that was nice. such a great experience. Nice. Yeah. She's such a gorgeous person, an amazing person that appreciates this role so much. She's never looked down upon it. Scream you know? 5 baby, she's coming I can't back. I fucking wait, dude. I'm so excited. That's, That's so why great. she's at my number 2. Seriously, and I could talk about this forever, well, Gerald. Well, you we know can, how I do. We can keep talking about it cuz it's she's my number 2. She's my runner up as but, well. But but I think that, you know, when you think about in modern terms, the horror film, I think she was one of the first that dealt with trauma, like Loisa said perfectly a few moments ago, um, that no other horror film had dealt with before. And the movies continued it through and throughout. Like in part two, you saw what it was like to be a person going to college and dealing mm-hmm. with this, trying to have a boyfriend, a new boyfriend after her boyfriend in the last movie. Hey, I tried to cut you up into sushi, right. bitch. You know, I fucked you and then I tried to kill you. You know, like all these kinds of things that happened to her and she still stayed strong and she still remained that one character that we could all relate to. Um, way before female empowerment was like the end thing to represent. Mm-hmm. Sydney Prescott was there at the forefront, and I, I, I'd love this episode to fucking trend, especially right now. This needs it to happen mm-hmm. because Sydney Prescott needs more recognition. People were bitching the other day, Gerald, and I was upset about it, like that she was returning back to the franchise for screen time. I'm like, what? Like, I'm like, seriously, <laughs> why? What do you? Why are you upset about her returning? She didn't die in Scream Four, which motherfuckers, if y'all didn't like Scream Four, something's wrong with y'all you. Number it. one. But number two, why would you not want one of the most iconic, well-performed heroines of all time of the horror genre to return to the franchise? Maybe like, what is wrong worrying, with you? Maybe people, excuse me, maybe people are worrying that they're going to kill her off. Well, so. look, uh, Justin, I'm with you, man. It's, it's, she's my number two as well, uh, Sydney Prescott. So look, I'm so proud of you. Drew. So in Scream, particularly, and I mean in the first film, we have an instant connection to Sydney. Uh, and you already mentioned Kevin Williamson's script there, which had a lot to do with that. Obviously, Wes Craven's direction, and of course, the portrayal by Nev Campbell, which has turned out to be an iconic horror, uh, just just an amazing uh, heroine in horror. I mean, Nev Campbell absolutely nailed it. So, my number one, and I'm assuming Justin's number one. I'm not sure what Lloyd Sauce is doing over there. I think he, I don't, <laughs> his list is confusing me, but I do love it. I think he's but, searching out his ball sack right now to try to find... But what, I don't know. what I'm going to say about the difference between my number two and my number <laughs> one, and people that know me know what my number one is, but I think the difference there is is that, in other words, it happens instantly with Sydney. We immediately are invested in her. We're immediately connected to her. We don't want her to die. We want her to survive. Uh, her her arc is, is wonderful. We learn about the story with her background and her mother. And then as the series goes on, even if you look at the sequels, we know about, you know, her history with Billy 
and what she went through in the first film. So we are immediately with her. Do you know what I mean? And we are cooperatively pulling for her as an audience. And that is a tremendous effort put in by everybody involved in the Scream franchise, but most notably by Nev Campbell's performance of this character because, you know, she had to have latched onto this, especially when the film was successful, and was probably like, wow, th- this is me. You know, I am Sydney. Sydney is Nev. And and I feel that as a fan, you know, when I watch these, and I watch them every year. There is not a year that will go by that I will not watch the four, ultimately five, Scream movies in succession every October. Uh, and if it's on TV, if I happen to be flipping through and the and screams on, there's no shot I'm changing the channel. <laughs> I'm absolutely watching that. It is one of my favorite films of all time across any genre. And Sidney Prescott slash Nev Campbell uh, is a giant part of, of why that's my number two. So I agree with everything you guys said. Tatum, just get in the car. Hello, Sydney. Uh, hi. Who is this? You tell me. Well, I, I have no idea. Scary night, isn't it? With the murders and all, it's like right out of a horror movie or something. <laughs> Randy, you gave yourself away. Are you calling from work because Tatum's on her way over? Do you like scary movies, Sydney? I like that thing you're doing with your voice, Randy. It's sexy. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared? No. No, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. All right, so we are up to our number ones, guys. I'm excited, and Loy Sauce is... Man, I'm... If nothing else, Loy, what you've done is you've given me five films that I'm going to watch immediately. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. I'm so proud of him as as a father figure to him. Yeah. Uh, He's done such a great job. Well, Gerald... Since you've expressed bewilderment about my other four <laughs> picks, you're going to be really confused. Oh, no! <laughs> this is a character that's unnamed, doesn't have a name in the film. Uh, her name is Isserly in the book upon which it's based. Scarlett Johansson's character from Under the Skin. Wow. I bring oh, this movie up. Wow. I bring this what? movie up every opportunity. <laughs> what the Wow, fuck? bro. You're number one horror number woman. One. I, we'll see. Uh, would I put Laurie Strode above this character? Would I put Sydney Prescott <laughs> above this character? You would. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, you But would. again, I wanted to make this list different from what you'll see on tons of website countdowns sure, and yeah. all of that. You're killing it. This, the, the female experience and really the entire human experience is encapsulated in this, in this character. She starts out the film as an unfeeling killing machine. Mm-hmm harvesting the blood and organs of men and finding prey is her only objective and purpose and she shows no emotion as she does this even leaving an infant alone on the beach after having killed his parents is it really a her though or is it an it i don't understand. well she takes the f- form of a woman so oh, i'm calling okay. her she i guess well, yeah because it's the only movie that scarlett johansson gets totally nude and so all you perverts out there stop talking about black widow and saying, I'd love to see what she looks like nude. Just watch this watch movie and, and you'll get to see it. You'll, you'll see yeah. it, yeah. So we see her do things that are unforgettably, like, just gut-wrenching and horrible. But when she begins to develop sympathy towards human beings, she begins to start her own journey into assimilating into normal life and discovering human connection and her own sexuality and identity. 
And the more human she becomes, uh, the more vulnerable she becomes as she ultimately becomes the prey. So it's a tragic arc for what is... It's really more of a vessel than a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but Scarlett Johansson injects just a real pathos. And for my money, probably her best performance. Mm-hmm. And oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love her in that. I'll back him up, Gerald. I love I'll her. back him up on this. It's, I'll back him up on this. It's a close number two for me. I just loved her just in kind of charming endearment in Lost in Translation for me oh of course no she's great in that yeah but, but i mean like as far as we're talking about horror movies well, yeah. or spooky movies sure. or whatever which is the subject matter we are speaking <laughs> about tonight my friend um no he actually brought me back to this movie like i watched it originally and wasn't a huge fan of it but the really? more and more that he talked about it the more and more that i wanted to revisit mm-hmm. it and whenever i do i just love the score i love the atmosphere and oh, i love her great. performance on the film mm-hmm. uh and, but, and the whole film really depends on having you feel for this murderer. Like, you right, see her carrying right. out all these awful things. But then, again, I think a lot of it hinges on Johansson's performance, mm-hmm. but also um, the film kind of flips the script on traditional gender roles and horror and also in our society, in our real life. So it's just one of my all-time favorites because, again, you see the human experience in this one character. So... Isserly or Scarlett Johansson or whatever you want to call her, Under the Skin, one of my all-time favorite movies. Great film. I came to this one late, Louis Sauce. I think I may have talked to you about it. I, I feel like I messaged you when I watched it. But I watched it like a year ago. You did, I watched yeah. it last year and was blown away by it, man. I, I wish I had seen it on the big screen, but I didn't get a chance on to. On theaters, it was amazing. I was like one of three people. In the theater, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it's just such amazing. it's just such a atmospheric ride, you know, and it's... I don't know. This is one of those that could very easily be grouped into the sci-fi genre as well. Jonathan Glazer is an amazing filmmaker, and he really sets this kind of tone where he puts it in the audience's... He's a challenging filmmaker, right? Like, he really challenges his audience. And I think... Very slow-moving. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But I love this film, man. I just wish I'd seen it sooner. Like, I just saw it last year for the first time. But yeah, Under the Skin, ScarJo gets naked in it, as Justin uh, pointed out. (laughs) You see her boobies, and... You do. Well, you see everything. Yeah, you, you see, see everything. everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great but, film, man. But, Great. But look, but look at you. Look at you being all special and picking that special movie. I'm gonna go <laughs> easy here. Let's do it, man. Everyone that knows me, they know what the fuck this pick is. They know what my number two movie of all time is. They know what my number one horror movie of all time is. Yeah. Um, there is no way around this. Yeah. It's Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode. Ding, 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 brother. That's also John my number Carpenter. one. <laughs> yeah, there's no way around it. I mean, like, honestly, uh, as far as mainstream motion pictures are concerned, this is the true original final girl and the way that we think of it now. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was represented that way. And obviously we had the virgin, the soft girl, the kind girl, the regular girl down the block that was just doing her babysitting, the nerd girl. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, look what she fucking did. She took down the boogeyman. You know what I mean? Like, right. And it wasn't represented that way as much in the film as we look at it now. But when you watch it now within modern context, it's like, dude, seriously, um, look at what she accomplished. She took care of the kids. The kids didn't die. Um, she goes through complete hell. She gets fucking stabbed by this maniac. And if you look at it as one movie, we're not talking about part two, which I, yes, I love. Yes, Loy Sauce, I bought a brand new mask 
this week for part two that cost me four hundred dollars that I didn't need, <laughs> but I don't care. Well, you gotta wear you gotta wear series. a mask. COVID's going on, man. So. Oh, I'll wear a mask somewhere or whatever. <laughs> but I love all of them. But if you look at it just as one movie, you know, as a contained thing, she is the most iconic scream queen of all time. That's why we love her, and that's why she went on to do the Fog prom night i agree and she went on to terror, you know, train. terror train which we showed last year for terror tuesday halloween h2o i agree halloween man you know I, i'll just piggyback on you real quick justin um because something i just thought of i was just watching you know you called me earlier to let me know you know before we started recording and i was re-watching uh the history of horror on shutter which is this cool documentary series that eli roth did with Greg Nicotero and some other people. It's great. He can and find something to do with his talents other than make bad movies. Exactly. Yeah, it's good, I would that, rather it's good him, that he can do something. I would rather him stick to I that, mean, absolutely. It's a great it's a great series. At least but, he can do something. I mean, he made one good movie, so Yeah, but Jamie Lee, you know, is being interviewed and I got chills because I didn't recall this from the first time I saw it, but she's talking about her mom and Psycho, right? And she's saying how when she dies, the headline is gonna say Halloween actress dies. Much like it will. Much like when her mother died, it said psycho actress. Psycho dies. actress. And and it, and it will. It'll so, say Halloween actress Jamie Lee Curtis. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is the epitome of the term Scream Queen, the epitome of the term Final Girl. You know, you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre earlier in your list. You mentioned Black Christmas. You know, there's a, there could be arguments made, but when you look on a mass scale, I mean, what did Jamie Lee Curtis do for the horror genre, man? I mean, she literally... And then if you fast forward 40 years to the most recent David and Gordon Green, which I think is an epic, and I know you guys had the opportunity to We all to love have, it. Yeah, yeah we, all, we, we all love it. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, mean, I think, Gerald, what you're, what you're trying to say, totally correct. I mean, there was no Scream Queen before Jamie Lee Curtis. That mm-hmm. That term did not exist until a book happened. But she was the first one to really accomplish that. Again, like Loisos just said, with Prom Night, mm-hmm. when she did The Fog, when she did a bunch of movies in conjunction with Halloween, then Halloween 2. Then she said, I'm done with with horror movies in general. Then she came back 20 years later. Mm-hmm. She's the one that got you know Deborah Hill and right. John Carpenter back and said, let's do a, a 20-year Halloween movie. And both of them were like, nah. <laughs> We'll just watch it, but you make it with Steve Miner, who made Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3. That's cool. Right. And he made a great fucking movie. And um, right. and now she's making Halloween, and she made Halloween 2018. She's making Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. And we have this great resurgence of the slasher genre, which kind of died for a long fucking time. Yeah. I mean, it comes up, it, it, it peeps its ugly head to the film critic, which we all are, but some of us are like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ooh, I want more of that. Come on. And then to some others, it's it, it's, it's an annoying thing, but for me, I'm like, I can't wait to see more of it. So yep, same here. I hope that at some point it gives a resurgence to that genre, but there will never be, ever, and I repeat this, and I will tattoo it on my fucking skin tomorrow, <laughs> there will never be another better Scream Queen than Jamie Lee Curtis. Nope. It will never happen. Nope. I'm with you. And, you know, what I was going to say about the 2018 version that we just saw, and of course we haven't seen the other ones yet, but I'm assume that, I assume that narrative is going to kind of continue. But, you know, you had the 1978 classic, right? And if you even want to say Halloween 2, which was somewhat of a continuation of, of that night. Well, I love I love 2. I, I do love too. Two. Me, I do too. Yeah, but so. then you fast forward 40 years to 2018, and now it's 
it's her movie. It's Lori's story, which is crazy if you think about it, because think of how infuriated people were in the 80s when they went to see Season of the Witch and Michael Myers wasn't in it. I mean, you know, this Well, is- listen, <laughs> we, we can't listen. Listen, listen, Gerald. Seriously, this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. Let's not bring up Tom Atkins and Stacey Nelkins. <laughs> but Tom Atkins' ass is so beautiful. Though. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world. We, we we can't bring up those two things in the same discussion. It's not. No, but what fault. I'm saying, it's not their. Fault. No, I know, but what I'm saying is you my know. my point is is that this is a Michael Myers franchise. Like, but in 2018, it was almost like Michael Michael was a a supporting character to Laurie because. That was her story about overcoming what she's been, the demons that she's been dealing with for 40 years. I mean, that was my point, is that it's crazy that that was able to be accomplished. And of course, Jamie Lee's a big part of that in her portrayal of Laurie Strode. Well, when David Gordon Green calls you up and he's like, yeah, your godson, Jake Gyllenhaal, wants you to be in this movie. And she's like, yep, give me producer credit and I want this much money. (laughs) Yep, it'll happen. And that's what happened with that. And now she's making like, a ton of money off of both of them. But sure. I, to your point, though, I mean, really what she wanted to do with the character is what they tried to do with H2O, which me and Loisos, I still think um, we both agree on this. They did it better than 2018 is, is represent trauma and what it's like to be an alcoholic and to deal with these kinds of elements in your life that you can't let go of. Um, they're doing it now in modern terms, and they're going to continue that mm-hmm. with kills and ends. And we're just happy to have that. I mean, yeah. think think about this franchise has lasted more than 40 years and the whole term of Scream Queen, you don't get that very often. And, and ho- the horror genre, especially, Loisos can attest to this as well. They come and go. There's great actresses that come in and out of the genre, but very few of them are as memorable as Jamie Lee Absolutely. Curtis' Laurie Strode. So that's why it's my number one. I mean, it will always be the most iconic, and I don't think anyone will be able to take that number one spot ever. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. You know, it, it was a tight neck-and-neck neck race for me, and I'm, this is obviously on a personal level with her and Sydney Prescott, but um, they're they're very close. They're neck-and-neck. Neck. They're neck-and-neck. As far as uh, story is concerned and character is concerned, they're very close. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kevin Williamson wrote Sydney based on Laurie Strode. So, I mean, absolutely, he had the advantage there. Absolutely. All right, guys. So, that was our top five women of horror, women characters in horror. Brian Loisos, why don't you wrap up your eclectic top five <laughs> for, every, for everyone, buddy? Number five, Megan Garris from Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Number four, Rose the Hat from Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. Number three, Gerilyn from Tales from the Crypt Presents Demon Knight. Number two, Mia Allen from Evil Dead 2013. And number one, Scarlett Johansson from Under the Skin. I love it, man. Great list. And you gave me some homework for some stuff to rewatch. I'm looking forward to that. With the exception of Jason Lives, the other four. You know that movie, like the, other, the back of your hand. Yeah, but the other four on your list, I haven't seen in a while, with the exception of obviously Dr. Sleep, but only saw it the one time. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Justin, what was your top five again, man? Just remind everyone. Marilyn Burns as Sally from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at number five. Number four was Olivia Hussey as Jess from Black Christmas 1974. Not to be confused with that big, giant pile of shit. That Blumhouse made last year. Mm. Uh-huh. Number three was Nancy Thompson from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Sydney Prescott at number two from the Scream series. And, of course, number one, the best Scream Queen of all motherfucking time. 
Yeah, from the Halloween series at number one. You'll never be able to beat her. Don't even try. Love it. I think you guys might be interested in some of my honorable mentions. I have five here. Brian Loisos, do you have any honorables and what are they, buddy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very curious as to what your listeners Let's hear yours. Fans, yeah, well, well, and yours as well. Yeah, let's I hear didn't em. prepare okay. any honorable mentions, but I'd love to hear what your uh, listeners have to say. I'm going to get to the listener feedback, but let me give you my honorables real quick because there's uh, there's definitely one that I think you guys might raise your eyebrows out. But I'll start with my number six. My number six would have been Annie from Hereditary, portrayed by the goddess on Earth among I us. I was expecting that in your top five, honestly. Uh, well, this is the one that was going back and forth with Nancy Thompson. Um, and I thought Lois sauce might mention it because he said he had some recent films so i thought maybe look i adore hereditary i think if we were doing top five like female performances in horror yeah this would right. be like number one or two <laughs> so i'm surprised she didn't come up yet but elvira which you can throw in from mistress of the dark oh, from 1988 brother she is in my top five, top five? she's out of your top yes, five but she got pushed out <laughs> she got pushed out she got pushed out only because, only because, well, let's just make it clear. It's a pop culture thing yeah. rather than a film thing. I get it. Uh, Mistress of the Dark in 88 was a campy, funny horror movie that I can remember seeing as a young kid that obviously sp- spoke to me as a, as a 12. But I mean, just in general, Gerald, I mean, like, she's just like that. I, I had to push her out. I get it. Boy Sauce yelled at me. He hit me and he hurt me and he said, you can't include that. I did not say yes, that. Yes, you did. Because you don't like that movie. You were like... I've never seen it. You said no, no to that. And you were mean. <laughs> well, if Loisos tells you no, then you, you better fucking change it. I've watched plenty of movie macabre, but I've never seen Mistress of the Dark. My number eight would be Megan Fox's portrayal of Jennifer Check and Jennifer's Body, which oh, is a Diablo Cody that film movie. that I absolutely adore. I cannot get over love this movie. It. I love it so, so much. Are you guys fans of that film? Absolutely. Under well, underrated. I want to say it's becoming more appreciated in recent years. I saw it in the theater opening night wasted and don't remember it. Oh so man, you need to revisit, revisit it. it. It was a long time ago. Hey. So here's the one that you guys are gonna raise your eyebrows at because you got on me last time uh when I brought this up. But Annie Wilkes from Misery, portrayed by Kathy Bates. No, of course. Yeah, of course. she's she's on every list. Um, yeah. and then my last one, my number ten would have been Wednesday Adams from the Adams family, portrayed by Christina Ricci. <laughs> All right, guys, so let's head over and open it. So no honorables for you guys. You want to do any last-second yeah, shout-outs? Yeah, I have or no? some. But yeah, I do, but Loisos, do you have any? Go for right. it. No. Yeah, of course, Elvira was on my list. Again, Loisos whipped me with a cat tail <laughs> whip fair. and said, you can't include that. Certainly did not. Um, Go ahead. But I had Adrian King, of course, as Alice from the original Friday the 13th. I had Patricia Tall. Uh, excuse me. I had Patricia Tallman as Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shauna McDonald from uh, Sarah as the descent and of course ah, virginia madsen is helen from Candyman. sure there was so many other movies and so many other amazing female actors that we could have added to these lists had it been top 15 or top 20 we could have kept going on and on and on yeah no and i agree, I agree. But- yeah i love it man so let's see what the fans had to say guys over on the social media as we open up the old suggestion box we had a few mentions i stupidly put it up today so i i usually give folks a few days so but we did get a few mentions so let's see over on twitter melissa from brook reading you guys know her i love melissa she's a recent guest on the show she says she has too many but she'll give us three she has carrie Lori strode and beverly marsh would be her three word salad radio on twitter says dana from cabin in the woods that's a good one 
Kate. Good pick, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Kate from The Thing, Sarah from The Descent, Katie from Paranormal Activity, and Dana from Ghostbusters. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Doug from Good Times, Great Movies says Dracula's daughter. So a little bit of a throwback there Ooh. to the uh, Universal era. Yeah. Sam from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs says uh, Aaron from Your Next got a lot of shout outs. Are you guys a fan yeah. of the Home you Invasion film Your Next? And she's very good in that movie as well. Absolutely, man. Uh, he also has Grace from Ready or Not, Clarice from Silence of the Lambs, Maddie from Hush, and Jen from Revenge. Jen from Revenge is probably like my number 11 or 12. I love that I like movie. Revenge, but I would also say that uh, Silence of the Lambs is not a horror film, so... <laughs> We've talked about that before, too. Um, Paul uh, from The Countdown, no surprise here, but he says Ripley. I don't know him. I don't know him. Who's that guy? <laughs> he says Ripley for the win. Uh, no surprise there. He should know better than include that as a horror player. <laughs> I know. What's wrong with him? Paul, who the fuck are you? What do you... Seriously, I expect you to be an expert. I know what. How ro- uh, oh. let's, let's 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 do a podcast about this. I messed up. I messed up. Uh, a lot of shout outs for Ripley, though, so I'm not alone. Steve from Everything I Love for Movies. Wrong. Mackenzie uh, <laughs> Lambert. But listen to this now, uh, Lloyd Sauce. You're going to like this. Listen to Mackenzie Lambert's list. He's got Ellen Ripley. Aaron from Your Next and Geraldine from Demon Knight. Hey, hey right oh on! Oh my God! Someone else. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Vic- Did they rub your balls that night, or? <laughs> and how about this? MC Myers over on Twitter says Laura from Under the Skin. Is that Scarlett Johansson? Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. Laura from Under the Skin. Was her character named Laura? I wonder. The character's unnamed, so I don't know where he got Laura. I don't either. But, but he says Laura from Under the Skin. Okay. I don't know. And he says uh, <laughs> Jesse from the Neon Demon. Asami from Audition. That's a good one. She was. She oh, yeah. fucking haunted me in that movie. Yeah. All right, and then over on the Facebook fan page, guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes because that is where I interact with our friends, fans the most, as these dudes will tell you. Jared Taylor, a patron of the show, says Annie Wilkes, Nancy Thompson, and Ellen Ripley. Dan Roski, also a patron of the show, says Nancy Thompson is a number one, and then in no particular order, Amanda Young, Sydney Prescott, Lori Strode, and Ellen Ripley. Okay. West Coast Justin says Elvira, number one. And he's got a little gif of her dancing. So there you go. Guys. Well, at least someone <laughs> agreed with me, even though we don't seem to agree on anything else. Oh, but man. once in a while, we agree on something. Um, somebody else had a little shout out for your uh, Claire East pick, Justin, because I know you love that from Silence of the Lambs. That's Amanda from Picture Show Go Go. And then she also said, which I love this, she said, Every Woman in Annihilation, <laughs> which I love. Hell yeah. That's great. That's a great film. Uh, she's right, though. Jennifer Jason Lee, Natalie Portman, a lot of great female And all such complex, uh, nuanced characters. Absolutely. All right, guys. So that was our top five women of horror. Uh, this was a blast. I just looked it up. So it looks like Laura is credited in a lot of like reviews and write-ups on the film. I don't know where they got that. Mm. Scarlett Johansson's just cre- credited as the female in-, in the credits and IMDb and everything. So I don't know. But in the I'm interested. But in the book, you said her name's not Laura even, right? Isserly in the book. Yeah, that's so strange. I wonder too. The book and the film are so wildly different, though. Yes, yeah, I'd still recommend reading the book um, at some point because it's a remarkable piece of work in and of itself, but nothing like the movie. Wow. All right, guys. Well, look, this was a blast. You dudes know I love you. Uh, we're friends in real life, and I love when you come back on the show to talk movies, but particularly horror, which is always a thrill for me. This is the inaugural episode for October 2020, so we're going to have a slate of kind of spooky-themed episodes for you. We have our top five jump scares coming up. We are doing our top five scariest movie scenes. 
coming up. And then what's the other one that we did? We did uh, women. Oh, horror game changers. I may be doing. We're talking about the most game changing films in the genre. We'll be doing that one too in a couple of weeks. So we have a fun October planned, and I could not have thought of a better way to kick it off than with Justin and Loy Sauce. Guys, thank you so much for being here. You, you guys know that you mean the world to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So, Justin, you want to tell anybody where to find you, what to do? Tell them what do you want to tell them, man? Yeah, they can find us at epicfilmguys.com. We're all over the web at Epic Film Guys on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. I mean, as far as horror season is concerned, you'll find EFG content and something possibly special coming your way very <laughs> soon. You're all about you're all about the tease, man. You're all about the tease. You uh you doing the horror watching thread this year? You doing that? The horror check-in? Uh uh, yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, what's that mean? <laughs> we gotta try to we gotta try to win it again this year. I watched too many horror movies in October. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Right, Epic film guys, check them out. All their information is in the show notes. Justin, Brian, you guys, if you listen to this show, you probably know them. But all right, thank you guys. I'll talk to both of y'all soon. Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.